We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod Media Network. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the world. You guys hear that? to the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals, a proud feature show on blogtalkradio.com and a proud partner of the Bomb Pod Media Network. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Now let's get into this week's iTunes shoutouts. If you haven't heard, we do do the iTunes shoutouts every week if you go to itunes leave a rating and review on itunes and you will get a shout out and this week we're actually giving out the prize for the month of december for our favorite review this week's reviews shout outs is Kristen lynn d 83 cooper stone a town dave and also rounding it out we have duke's mom and this month's winner is Kristen lynn d 83 and she writes the confessionals podcast is one of the best paranormal shows out there i listen every week on my way to work tony asks great questions and keeps you engaged i love that the show also ranges in topics keep up the great work tony emojis hand clap Kristen, send me an email at the confessionals podcast at gmail.com and i will send you your free gift in the mail thank you very much now we're also going to start doing shout outs for the patrons because the patrons brought it to my attention that some of them don't listen on iTunes, therefore they can't get the shout-outs. So this week, we are shouting out the patrons that have signed up so far, and we have George M., Mo Is Wolfie, Alicia K., David F., J.C. Lynch, Alex B., Bianca R., Gary L., Christopher M., Nicholas, Robert G., Purple Rose, and Tanya M., those patrons that signed up so far, thank you very much. I've been in communication with all of you, and I appreciate you all very much. 
If you want to become a patron, go ahead at patreon.com backslash the confessionals. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash the confessionals. And there you can sign up. There's tons of great rewards. And we're actually going to be adding some things to the rewards program here soon. Now, this week we have Phil Anderson coming on. And Phil Anderson is actually an old college friend of mine who comes on to share some haunting stories out of his hometown of Onset, Massachusetts. If you're a patron, you will have access to this interview in video format. So if you want to see us actually talking on video, head over to the Patreon page and you'll have it right there waiting for you starting on Sunday, December 31st. Now, without any further delay, let's get to Phil right after this. Okay, tonight I have Phil Anderson coming on, and Phil Anderson is actually an old college friend of mine from back in uh, the Christian college days of the University of Valley Forge. So uh, it's been a long time that I've actually had the chance to hang out with Phil. Phil, how you doing? Good, man. Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, it's, it has been a little while. Last time we actually talked in person, you were actually on my podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, that was when yep. I first started The Confessionals, and you were kind enough to bring me on and uh, to yep. talk about Bigfoot and things like that, which that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun, actually, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. yeah. That was probably one of the first times that I had the opportunity to sit down with three guys that maybe ne- necessarily don't really buy into the whole Bigfoot thing and just kind of speak my mind without people, you know chastising me so that was really <laughs> <laughs> well you're welcome we're, we're you know we're pretty open-minded you know and you're a friend too so that helps you know if you yeah. were just some random person you know we might have been a little bit harder on you but right <laughs> no but yeah man it was a great time it was a great time um why don't you yeah, tell people so, about your podcast real quick yeah sure sure um actually we have a new podcast now um it's not called the phil and alex show anymore but it's called stealing and dealing and basically what it is it's a comedy podcast um we do talk about like current events or or pretty much anything, kind of like Tony's show, The Renegade, a little bit, a uh, plug for his show. Um, it's kind of like that, um, but also, yeah, we do characters and stuff. Um, and also, you can listen to Tony's episode that he was on, uh, I believe, oh man, I think it was Phil and Alex show, episode 47. I think I it believe. was 40-something, yeah. Yeah, 40-something. I'll, I'll, like, um, I'll tweet it out or something after we're done. So people, uh, your audience can like hear you on that show and stuff. But yeah, if you want to check it out, that's cool. If not too, that's cool too. Well, I'm going to keep on doing it either way. So <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. Once, once you get bit by the uh, podcast bug, it, it, that's a wrap, man. Like <laughs> uh, yeah. done, done for the rest of my life. I'm going to be like 80 years old and, you know, have a podcast talking about how great the nineties were or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember, I remember Fresh Prince. Great show. <laughs> oh, dude, I, that was one of my favorite shows, actually. No, to be honest it, was, with you. it was a great show when Will Smith was a great actor. Uh oh. Was. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> I don't know what happened to him, but. Uh, he you know. went Scientology, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, Tom Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the name of your podcast is Sneeling and Dealing. Is that right? Sneeling and Dealing, yeah. It's uh, S-N-E-A-L-I-N-G and then Dealing. I'm pretty sure people know how to spell that. Yeah. All right, cool, yeah. man. Yeah, because I know uh, the pod- the podcast comedy stuff, that's so much fun to you know just get involved in and stuff. And you you guys do some funny characters. I remember following you guys around, even with your videos online and stuff. I mean, you guys are just yep. you're clowns. You just you just have fun at life, man. That's pretty, great. Pretty much. I mean, it, some people like to call it arrest development. I like, I like to call it like having a good time. 
but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have um, we have a new website, CanadianDutchBoys.com. Um, we also have YouTube, but if you go to the website, you can find everything we do. Our YouTube videos are on there. The podcast links are on there, and all that. So, yeah. Okay. It's a lot of fun, man. We'll have to have you on again, actually. Yeah, man. I'm, I'll be up for that. I'm always okay, about cool. podcasting. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. When, when I first started the Confessionals earlier this year, uh, I never knew how much I'd fall in love with this whole thing. And now I got two shows. I'm about to bring on a third one next year. And then in 2019, I'm bringing on a fourth one. So yeah, like, yeah. It's like almost addicting in a way. You know? I don't know. Yeah, don't it know really it is. is. You know, I don't know if it's just because we love it so much and that's what it is or if it's literally addicting. Like right. you need to watch out. <laughs> I, I, well, my wife, you know, tells me to pump the brakes and then I'm like, I'll pump the brakes when I'm dead, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's fun though. I just love doing it. And it's, it, the more time that goes on, the more you realize there's other things you want to talk about. And so, okay, yeah. let's start another show. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it goes too. That's exactly how it goes. Yeah. yeah so, man. all right. Well, tonight we're not going to be talking about our podcast. Let's get into the show actually. And uh, you told me months ago when I first started the show that you had some things you wouldn't mind coming on and talking about and some of it's personal experiences or with your family. Uh, and then you also kind of want to talk about just the history of you're in Massachusetts and, you know, some of the paranormal history up in Massachusetts. And I think back when we first started talking about you were talking about uh, a little bit of the Salem witch trials. I don't remember if that's what you said. Oh, yeah, or not. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, um, I see, I've never, oh, I've never had. Well, I've been up there for like work and stuff. I've never actually gone to the um, – because they have like old houses and stuff up there still. Like the town is very much still – like there's parts of the town that are very old still. Like they still have some of the same buildings and stuff. So you can go on tours and stuff. Um, I've never actually been on the tour or anything there. But I've heard all kinds of ghost stories from there just from that tour alone. Um, but yeah, in Mass in general, I mean I've lived in Pennsylvania for a while. I've been to Florida. I've been kind of all over the East Coast. And I would say Massachusetts is probably definitely the, the the highest number of paranormal activity I've ever seen in my life, for sure. Like when I was in Pennsylvania, right? Like I didn't have any paranormal experiences, not any, not one, not really? one. Nope. Oh wait, I, you know, while I was living there, no. When I came back, I did, but yeah. But that, that that's when I went to Eastern State, and you know that's Eastern State, you know. So. Yeah. But actually, while I'm, I mentioned it, I'm not going to tease it. I'll say it. So I was, I was at Eastern State, right? And so we're doing the, you know, I don't know if you've been there or people have been there. You do When you go there, they give you this little head, headphones with a little thing you play. And so you go area to area and you press a number and it'll tell you the history of that area, whatever. This was the infirmary, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I like took my headphones off. I was going to smoke a cigarette, which I need to quit smoking. But anyway, so I went to go. I got my cigarette pack out. And I hear someone say, hey, can I get a cigarette? And I turn around and there's no one around. Like I had went into like a little alcove area like to, by myself to try to like, you know, make sure I wasn't smoking in front of, you know, in front of kids or anybody. And there was no one there. Just a weird, That's weird experience. That's yeah. Spooky. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so that's like my one Pennsylvania story. That's the only paranormal thing that ever happened to me in Pennsylvania. But I mean, it was pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, Eastern State, me and Lindsay went down there, uh, I want to say five months ago, we went down there, and we went on this uh, tour and everything. We actually had somebody guide us through the areas and talk to us about the history of stuff. And I mean, I had no idea some of the history of that place and just how things developed over time. It's just, 
I mean, there's a lot of crap that happened there. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard of people saying that they've had experiences there and, uh, now you're just added to the list. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eastern state was weird, especially when the first opened, like the prisoners would have to sit in silence and stuff like that. They couldn't make noise. Yeah. They couldn't talk to each other. Like that's next level. There's gotta be some weird, I mean, just imagine living like that, man. That, that would that would depress you. So there's got to be some bad energies just from people being in, you know, sad and depressed and angry. And you know, I can only imagine how what people feel like in prison. So yeah, and I think the whole goal with Eastern State Penitentiary, and if it, people don't know, that's in Philadelphia now. But when they first built it, it was actually on the outside of Philadelphia. And as Philadelphia grew, it actually became a residential neighborhood <laughs> around this state penitentiary. And uh, when it first started, I believe the whole goal was to create a prison system where the prisoners literally had no association with anybody outside of the prison or the uh, guards themselves. Like they were not allowed to communicate with anybody. And uh, if if we talk about driving somebody mad, that would drive you mad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing they could do was pray, read the Bible. And that was it. Yeah. Cause it was, it was founded by the Quakers, I believe. Correct. And uh, so that was the goal, but because it became overpopulated so quickly, the whole idea of complete confinement went right out the window. They started bunking oh, yeah. in there and, yep. you know, all this yep. stuff changed. And that's when, you know, some crazy stuff happened in itself. So very mm-hmm. interesting. If anybody is ever in the area of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I would highly recommend going on a tour. It's a great uh, tour to go on and you go, it's right in Philadelphia. I mean, it's, it's right there in North Philly in a neighborhood. So, <laughs> Yeah, literally, it's on a city block. It's the one of the most weirdest things in the world. But I tell you what, I don't know if you noticed this while, while you were in there. You can't hear anything on the outside. You're absolutely right. Nothing. Like, so, there's a city, there's cars going, but you can't hear any of that. It's so weird. Yeah. Ugh. And the, the, I think they said the walls were, what, 8, 10 feet thick? And yep. they're what thirty feet high. I mean, yeah, it's a it's like big. a castle, basically. Yeah, in the middle like of a, a in the middle of the hood. I mean, I'll just be honest. It's the hood. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. on Frankfurt yeah. Avenue in North Philly. It's the hood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody ever seen Rocky, you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. So all right, well, so let's just walk into your personal experiences tonight and just take it away and share with us how it all ties together with the area of Massachusetts and things like that. Sure, sure. Um, I grew up primarily in a town called Wareham, but more specifically, a village of Wareham. It was called Onset. And so I, I grew up there primarily most of my life in different houses in that town. A little That's actually a village. But um, the town was actually um, – I'm going to go into the history – whoops, sorry. The ta- I'm going to go into the history a little bit. Um, the town itself, the Onset Village, was founded by spiritualists and the spiritualist movement. So in the 1840s um, – this this was around the time where like you know I don't know if you ever seen like um old movies or whatever they like people in the 1840s would do like parlor games and they would have like you know kind of weird stuff so one of the yeah. things that came out of that was mediums and stuff and trying to con- contact the dead so the spiritual movement kind of erupted in the 1840s ish and they built um they developed onset into a summer place hotspot or whatever for spiritualist people like the church itself. Um, if you can call it a church, I don't, they, I don't know. They, they call themselves a church. It's not really a church, but they're just spiritualists, basically mediums who con- you know, they do seances, talk to the dead and stuff like that. And so the, the reason why I bring that up is because I think it, it has to do, uh, I think it's primarily the main cause of a lot of the paranormal activity in the town, in my opinion, because 
I, I don't know how you feel about it, but when people start trying to communicate with the dead or they're, they open doors and sometimes people don't really realize what they're, who they're talking to. It could be a negative entity disguising itself as a, as a little kid or, you know what I mean? So you never know what can come through when you start doing this kind of stuff. Right. So imagine a whole town filled with these people doing it all the time, you know, for at least 40 years. So that's just kind of like the background of the town and stuff. And so it was just basically founded by spiritualists. Um, so anyway, my first experience I ever had in my life, um, we grew up in a church. It was uh, Emmanuel Assemblies of God, which was right next door to, literally, uh, the spiritualist church. And at the time, it was the headquarters for the spiritualist church. So I like, you know, I always, as a little kid, you know, I, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know who spiritualist people were. I didn't get it. I, 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 I thought there were people that handled snakes. I, I, you know, I had no idea. You know, I just knew <laughs> that like to stay away. You know what I mean? So anyway, so there's this always this feud between the spiritualist people and, and of course, you know, the church going people because the church going people primarily are like, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You know, they're very against that sort of thing, you know, and that's how, that's how I was raised. So, um, I believe it was like a Wednesday I'm talking like 1992. I was like kindergarten or first grade, maybe. And so it was after like a prayer meeting or something. I went my, went with my mom. It was when I had first started going to church. Like my mom went to church when she was a kid, but then she started going to onset again and so was starting to get back into the church. So I was like going with her because I was interested in it and, and what have you. So the prayer meeting ends. Everything's great. You know, a little boring for me because I'm a little, like a little first grader and everyone's just praying and I'm just kind of sitting there. Anyway, <laughs> we leave. We go to leave where um, my mom's talking to one of her friends. Uh, Marie and they're they're chit chat and talking about whatever, and I look over um, at our van, which is parked I don't know maybe thirty feet away from us. It's dark out. It's like six or seven o'clock at night, maybe eight o'clock at night, and I look over and I see like this shadowy figure with with like horns, kind of. But it was like it wasn't a solid mass. It was very shadow like. Like it never – I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It never had a solid state, but it was just always constantly kind of moving. Like you could see the figure, but it was never like totally there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was, it was, it was like looking at me and it was sitting in the driver's seat of our van, in the, like at the driver's seat. And it was like looking over at me, like laughing at me. And I, of course, I'm a little, little kid. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, so I'm petrified, you know what I mean? I, I'm like, mom, 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 there's something in the car over there, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a demon, you know? <laughs> I, I just learned the word demon probably a couple days before. And so like, I'm like, oh my God. And so my mom's like, of course my mom doesn't see anything, you know? And so, you know, my, my mom and, and uh, Marie, they pray and, and everything and, and nothing ended up happening on the ride home. But the whole ride home, I just had like my legs up, you know, I didn't want my legs to touch the touched the uh the floor you know i was like didn't want to look behind me um they, yeah that was so that was like my first ever paranormal experience wow i when your mom and uh what was, what was the person's name murray marie yeah marie marie uh when your mom and marie prayed is that when it went away because i'm assuming it went away yes it did yeah i didn't see it anymore after that after after they prayed and stuff i didn't see it anymore but um yeah i mean phew. one of the craziest things i've ever seen before yeah, I can imagine. Oh, yeah, especially, I mean, you can imagine, like, a little kid. Like, I had never, you know, I was always, it was weird because I was always interested in ghosts for some bizarre reason. Like, 
in in kindergarten, like uh, when we used to go to library. I think we had library like once a week or something. I I had discovered these like World War II books and like war because I was big into like war history and I love GI Joe. It's like my favorite cartoon. So my dad was in the army, so like I was like really drawn to army stuff and and battles. And so I'd like look through the pictures and be like, oh, this is so cool. And so anyway, I get to the last book in the series, and it's like um, it was ghosts. It was like battlefields and ghosts and it was like the ghosts of Gettysburg and it was like my first besides Scooby-Doo which I didn't think I didn't think ghosts were real and so then I was then I saw this book that was saying that was there was real ghosts and I was like oh my god there's real ghosts I thought this just was just a tv show and I was like whoa and so that's kind of like how my interest in ghosts got started but um let's see I'll move on to much later in life I'm living in Yarmouth Massachusetts which is on Cape Cod a lot of people know what, where Cape Cod is. Um, but I was – for like months and months, I would say like two months, I'd go to bed and I would just feel like there was someone staring at me like from this specific area in my room. It was like near my computer, right? And so I was like, what is going on? Like I just – I thought it was like – I thought it was just being like a baby. Like, you know, here I am. I'm like, I don't know, 18 years old, 17 years old. And so I'm like, why do I – like this is the weirdest feeling. So I started like leaving my TV on at night and – anyway. So we ended up going to this youth conference in Toronto and um, it was pretty good. We had a good time and it, it, I thought it was you know, pretty good. And so we, we get back and you know, after going to a conference and stuff, you know, I'm like – like I don't need the TV on, you know what I mean? I shouldn't be afraid of anything. Like, yeah. you know, what? Like, God's got my back. Like, well, I'm not, you know, what am I worried about? And so, like, I, I, you know, just shut the TV off, went to bed, got, got those feelings, but I was like, whatever, you know, no big deal. So I had at the time one of my cats was on me, and she was purring, you know, laying on me, and it was like, I, I remember it was so vivid because I didn't fall asleep, but it was a, I, it was in a matter of like moments that all of a sudden like. I had felt like someone was like pulling my shirt and like literally like it, this is what it felt like. I don't I couldn't tell you what happened because I was too scared to like try to move. But it felt like someone had grabbed me and was like trying to pull me off the bed. And anytime I've ever had like a spiritual attack like this, I know immediately what it is. You know, um it's just I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if it's just like it's like a feeling you get. Like this feeling I get like when I'm coming like when you come under spiritual attack when like something's something negative demonic whatever you want to call it is coming is like coming after you and it always happened when I was like sleeping for some odd reason maybe it's because you know you're not you're at your weakest and you're not like paying attention you're asleep so anyway I feel I feel I feel like I'm getting dragged off the bed and I'm like oh my god I'm like so I start praying immediately <laughs> at this point and so I was like all right I'm going to open my eyes and see if you know what see if i can see where i am like if i'm am i off the bed am i it just do i just feel like i'm off the bed? i open my eyes and i see this like shadow face again kind of well, not exactly like the one i saw when i was a kid but very similar like shadow just always constantly moving but there was a face in it you know what i mean it was like looking right down at me and so i was like oh nope 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 no 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 and so like i closed closed my eyes just kept kept on praying kept on praying and then like Within a matter of an instant, it was just like, boom. I open my eyes again. My cat's back on me. And I'm laying in bed again. And I'm like, oh, I was like, I was like, what just happened? So, of course, I, I get up. 
I tell Alex, my brother, we go upstairs, get my mom, we pray over the whole room. And um, I don't know if this is related or not, but remember how I said I kept on feeling like there was like someone looking at me from my computer? Yeah. One of my friends, unbeknownst to me, was looking up all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be looking up online. Um, like, uh, uh, like pornography and other t- like weird stuff. And so I always like I always attributed to that. Like he obviously like opened the door or he did something to open a door and let something in or whatever. Because as soon as he prayed and I like went to the computer and deleted anything that, you know, he might have downloaded or whatever. Like he he was looking up some weird stuff. So anyway, he's a weird dude. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just weird, really weird. But like I said, it was like that black, that black shadow, like yeah. It, it, it was just weird because like I, I don't know. It's just really strange. It, like no, it wasn't solid at all. But I could, I mean, I felt it like grab my shirt. You know what I mean? So somehow either that or like it made me think it was grab, like picking me up. Oh, and another detail I almost forgot. It felt like the room was spinning as well. Like when I opened my eyes again, really. It the it felt like the room was spinning like in a circle in a circle. As I opened my eyes. So I don't know if this thing like pulled me off the bed and it was like – or it just was probably just making me feel like I was spinning the way how fast it was moving perhaps or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really strange. Let me ask you. When you say the face was moving, now the, what I picture may not be what you actually saw but let me just describe it to you. Have you ever seen – do you, do you have Netflix – yeah. Okay. So, yeah. have you ever seen the TV show Fl- The Flash on there? Um, no, I haven't. But I know what you're talking okay. about. On that show, there's uh, you know, The Flash, and there's different characters that play The Flash. And when they don't want somebody to see their face, they move so fast, they vibrate their face so that you can see a face, but it's moving so fast you can't make out who it is. Uh, would you describe it like that, maybe? Yes, absolutely. And very, very dark, very black, but um, with like smoky features. That's how I was able to tell like the face part. Like, ugh, man, it's it's like it's like it's almost as if it was like smoke like the way it looked. You know what I mean? As far as like you ever, you've seen smoke rise from like a, a fire or something and how it like moves kind of like that. Wow. That's interesting, man, because when you first said that, uh, that's the first thing I thought of, like just a vibrating face where it's actually moving, but you can see the face, but you just can't make out detail. Yeah, that, that pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Okay. Now, you said it, it, it was pulling on your shirt and pulling you pretty much off the bed. Now, I did a show with another guy who said that pretty much the same thing you just told me. Him and his wife were in bed sleeping at night. And he's had issues throughout his life, different things. But that night, he feels something pulling him off the bed, I think by his feet. He opens his eyes and he sees two demonic entities in his room pulling him off the bed. And he said it was like they were physically pulling him off the bed, but it also felt like they were pulling something out of him. And uh, Interesting. He, he just he started screaming, you know, the name of Jesus and uh, his wife wakes up and they go away and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, nothing. We just need to pray. And uh, he told me this on my show. And to this day, he has never told his wife what actually happened that oh, night. Wow. Because he, he looks at it as, you know, he doesn't want to bother her with that stuff. He doesn't want to scare her. 
you know, what she doesn't know won't hurt her kind of thing. Uh, but how would you describe the pulling off the bed? Would you, would you say it was more physical or do you think there was something else going on there as well? No, it, I mean, it literally felt like I was being pulled. It, it felt like I had like got pulled off the bed. Like I, I felt, I felt the tug on my shirt, you know, like, and I was like getting pulled off and it felt like I had actually left the bed. But, um, like I said, like when I came, when I was praying and I finally like opened my eyes for the last time and everything was like back to normal kind of deal. So, I mean, is it a possibility that like, I was like, what's that word? What do people call that? Astro projecting or something yeah, like projection. that. Like that, that's possible. Maybe like, I, I don't know. I, I just know how, what it, what it felt like. I mean, it felt like someone was like, it felt like I was like pulled off the bed and I was like suspended in the air. Like that's what it felt like. Cause I didn't land on the ground and I didn't, have a sensation of falling either you know i just felt the sensation of like being tugged like off the bed sort of like to one side and then that was it so i don't know see now 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 looking back now i wish i would have like opened my eyes and like looked around and and of course but in the the heat (laughs) of the moment you know all my concern was just let making this thing go away yeah you know what i mean like I, i just i was just like i don't want any part of this no way um Let's see. I have one more. Well, actually, oh, I, oh, I have many more than that. Okay, so I have two quick ones. Fast forward to mm, 2012. This is after I had left Pennsylvania. I moved back home to Onset, and I lived right on Main Street, right down the street from where I used to live when I was a kid and stuff. And so, one night in particular, I'm like, I'm laying in bed, um. And I was mad at somebody, and I don't. I don't want to say who I was mad at because I'm not. Because I'm going to tell you what I was thinking, and you're going to be like, "Oh, you shouldn't think that, Phil." And I'm like, "I know." So anyway, I was I was really mad at someone, and I was like, and I I regret it as soon as I th- I didn't even say it. I thought it, and as soon as I thought it, I regretted it immediately. I was like, "Oh, that person could be the antichrist. That's how big of an a hole this person is." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And as soon as as soon as I thought it, I, I was laying in bed, um, like uh, my face down kind of like this my on my pillow like i'm going to bed it's like i don't know 11 o'clock at night i have this thought and as soon as i thought it i'm like oh i shouldn't have said that and as soon as i'm thinking to myself that very thing like i shouldn't have said that i feel two taps on my shoulder and i whip around real quick because there's not there's not supposed to be anybody in the room with me so i like i whip around real quick nobody there and so i just kind of like laid there for a minute put the tv on and i was just like i guess i'm just gonna Watched a little bit of TV. Weird. Okay. Same house a few months later. This is when uh, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, we were hanging out. Um, I have a cat. Her name's Lucy. And she was walking around and, and Nicole went to go down to go pet her. Or she was like looking at her or whatever. And we, both of us see with our own eyes, we see this like sh- hand, like shadow of a hand go down and like look like it's trying to pet my cat. And of course, we were just standing there. We weren't moving. And she's like, "Did you see that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I saw that." Like, well, I, I was like, "I don't know. I don't understand what that was." But it was like, "Yeah, it literally, literally looked like a hand shadow, like someone's hand, like as if it was wow. going down to try to pet, try to pet my cat." And um, yeah, really weird. Yeah, no doubt. So why don't we just stop right there? And when we come back, let's um, talk about this hand that seemed to have come out of nowhere. Uh, We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back. And Phil, help me help me envision this a little bit here. Did this shadow just kind of appear out of nowhere, or h- how did this kind of look? It was like um, okay, so it was it was a it was at night, and we had a few lights on, but it wasn't totally bright in the room we were in. So there was like shadows on the ground, kind of. You know, it's like sometimes you can have light, and then there'll be shadows like on, like it'll it could cast shadows on the ground if you put your hand in front of something or whatever. But it 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 didn't it looked like a shadow, but there was no possible way it could have been anybody because it was just me and her. We were standing there, we didn't we weren't moving, and it looked like a shadow, you know, like a person basically without a physical form, just a shadow, but just the hand part, like as if someone was just we had just kept, caught a glimpse of a, a ghost hand basically, and we couldn't see the rest of their body, and they were like petting the cat. That's the best like way I could describe it. Did your cat react to it at all? No, no. She was just meowing and doing her thing because okay. like it was one of those things where like I, I'm pretty sure like Nicole was going to go down to go pet the cat and she saw it and you know and I saw it like over her shoulder and she like stood back up and was like what was that and I was like I, I don't know I'm sorry I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that would yeah, freak yeah. that would freak me out too. If I'm planning oh, on getting absolutely. down there to pet my cat, and all of a sudden a shadow beats me <laughs> somebody, to it, somebody beats you to it. Yeah, <laughs> really weird. Um, same house. Um, the next uh, encounter I had at this house, um, I was looking in my pantry trying to find something to eat. Standing there for way too long. I don't know, ten minutes. Couldn't find anything I wanted to eat. I'm just at this point. I'm literally got one hand like on the shelf, and I'm just like peering into my into my cabinet. Like there's gonna be magical food that's gonna appear that's not already in there. And so I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and then all of a sudden, randomly out of the blue, yet again, two taps on my shoulder. I whip around. I mean, it felt like someone. Like I I was in the house by myself. No one's there. I felt two fingers. You know, like literally, like as if someone's like trying to get your attention, kind of deal. Like tap you on the tap me on the shoulder. Turn around, no one there. I just closed the closed the pantry door, went in my room, played a little video games. Just kind of was like, all right. Wow, what, what yeah. were you doing both times that you got tapped on the shoulder? Remind me, the first time. Uh, the, the first time one. I was like in bed, and I was trying to fall asleep, and I had I thought a horrible thing, and I got tapped on the shoulder That's after right. I had thought this horrible thing, and. And then the other time, yeah, as I said, um, I was looking, just looking for food in the in the pantry, like looking for something to eat, you know, just sitting, standing there, wow, and just randomly, just tap on my shoulder. Never saw anything in that house, but just the the shit. The, besides the shadow, the shadow and the tapping on the shoulder thing. Don't know what the tapping on the shoulder thing's about, but I wanted to ask you, kind of backtracking a little bit before we go sure. further. The first story you shared with us, you said that you were you know, felt like something was watching you. And so you would go to sleep at night with your TV on the yep. night that you don't, something happens. Correct. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously TVs don't have magical powers to protect yeah. us, but uh-huh. do you think it's like a psychological thing? Like that, like these entities might know when to strike when you're most vulnerable, knowing that you're using that as a protection. Correct. I, that might be exactly what it is because I, you know, I, I felt more, I felt more at ease with the TV on rather than it not being on, even though that doesn't make any sense. I don't, I mean, it'd be like having, I'm like a little kid, it'd be like having like a nightlight on. I mean, like, sure. I, I don't know if like that makes any difference. I guess maybe it is, maybe it is like, a, um, like maybe it's like a mind thing, like in your mind, it's protecting you. And so maybe it, maybe it is, I don't know. Patience, because like, 
if you all right, you have a brother, and yeah. if you wanted to get Alex going, and you wanted to freak him out, you're not going to do it when he's expecting it, you know, or uh, when he feels safe. Well, yeah. maybe you would, but my, my whole idea with this is you'd want to sometimes maybe get that person like, when they're on edge the most. You correct. Know? I mean, if you look at look at look at it in like a battle type way, like if you're going to sneak attack somebody, you're going to pick the most opportunity opportunistic time you know when everyone's asleep when there's not as many people around you know what i mean that's or like you know that's exactly what you would do so i mean if like because it's spiritual warfare basically so um yeah that that's when i would attack somebody when they were sleeping because you know your guards are down you're sleeping you're dreaming you're not you know who knows what we're doing when we're dreaming i don't even know you know, but you, I would assume your guard's definitely down because you're in a sleeping state. You know, you're not, you don't have all your wits about you, you know? No, I absolutely agree. And, you know, like even just having the TV on, watching TV, your focus is is on the TV. And I also wonder, like, you know, because people say that, you know, it takes energy for these things to appear in front of people or to move something. It takes a lot of energy. And that's why your batteries get drained and things like that. So, Maybe it needs you to be the most sensitive and vulnerable to be aware of anything even happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're distracted by a TV, you may not even notice anything happening around you if it happened or not. You know, so like, mm-hmm. just wait. Like you said, waiting for that that opportune time to strike. Yep. Yeah. Well, like, there's always been. Um, I don't know the validity of this, but I mean, I'm sure you've heard this too. But like the witching hours and this, that, and the other thing. Apparently, that's when they're the most powerful or something like that. I don't know if that's true, but that's what people have always said. So, like, that could be another thing as well. You know, maybe that's just that's when they're doing their business. Well, I can Uh, tell you that I do believe in the witching hour to a certain extent. See, I believe in the witching hour as far as the witches believe in the witching hour. Yeah, because they're active in that hour because they believe in that hour. So therefore, yep. I believe in that hour too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But I, I, I think, to be honest with you, it's just another hour in the day. And the only reason why it's more active is because it's because they're doing stuff on. They're doing hour. things, you know. Yeah. So uh, that that's why. So I, I think there is validity to it. I think that hour tends to be more active. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of nights that, or I should say, mornings that I'm up at three o'clock in the morning working on the show and stuff like that. And when it hits three o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock. I start getting a little on edge. I start looking around the room and stuff because I'm listening to people's ghost stories at oh, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably isn't the best idea, you know? No. <laughs> so you don't need someone else's ghost story coming into your ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> I got too many already. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes I do wrap it up early and I go to bed and just kind of like cuddle up next to my wife like she's going to protect me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. So, I, all right, man, I, I know we backtracked a little bit there, but I'll let you continue. No, that's, that's all quite all right. Ask as many questions as you want, because sometimes I like forget details, too. Um, but I'll move on to main event part A. So this is my craziest paranormal experience. Um, and it involves something I call a possession of someone that I know of. Um, so I'm going to leave this person's name out just because, you know, not that they're ever going to listen to it, but I just, you know, just in case. I'm not going to say their name. But a friend of mine that um, I lived with in Onset, so they were like hanging out um, 
him and his buddy were hanging out and um they were really into this thing so you, you don't even might even know what this is but you remember um this, this a couple of years ago it was this stupid craze that mostly like teenagers were doing and stuff but a few people got into it's kind of like where the basalt stuff was around it was called spice you ever that hear of that familiar. that's that sounds familiar yeah i think i believe it was spice was one of the things that one of the guys ripped off someone else's face or he could have been on bath salts one or the other either way so it was like basically what this stuff is is potpourri essentially okay so i please do not go out there and, and smoke this stuff anyway so it's basically like it's pitched as medical um synthetic marijuana and it's not it's potpourri so basically um they were they were like into it because it was cheaper than weed and everything so i was like okay yeah whatever i was like i'm not doing that but you know you guys can you know do whatever you want if you want to smoke potpourri like go for it i don't (laughs) care like i don't think it's a good idea but you know go ahead so anyway um i'm hanging out with them you know just hanging out um you know everything seems pretty cool They, they start smoking this stuff and i'm like okay so i'm just hanging out with them everything seems appears to be pretty normal for the most part um then um, actually, I should give these people fake names. Okay, so I'm going to call the first guy Jack. So Jack is um, – he starts pulling on – I'm going to make up another name. We'll name him Tony. How's that sound? Perfect. It's a good Jack name. It's a good, Tony. strong yeah. name. And it actually, my, my brother's Great. name is Jack, so there you go. Oh, I totally forgot that. <laughs> All right, so Jack starts pulling at Tony's arm like really weird like – um, best way I could describe it, like he, he looked gone. Like he looked like he was just like either blitzed out of his mind or like something was up with him. So he was, he was acting weird. And so he was just like, like pulling at his arm, like pulling at his arm, pulling at his arm. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get a drink. And so like I leave the room and I'm like, I was like, that was weird. I was like, I don't know what's going on between those two guys, but like, I don't know. Literally, dude, I'm gone, I don't know, five minutes. I get a drink. I, I'm drinking it in the kitchen. I hear like what sounds like things being thrown across the room. I hear like someone yelling out in pain sort of kind of thing. And so I'm hearing all this like commotion. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I was like, oh, shit. They're like these two guys, are, they're going to, they're getting Jack and Tony are going to get in a fight here. You know what I mean? So like, okay, so. I come back into the room and I wow okay so I walk into the room in front of me is Jack and no he's actually okay so Jack was like to the left so I walk into my room straight ahead of me is this guy Tony and he is face down on the bed like um, knees on the ground face down on the bed not moving not responsive I called out his name several times Nothing. Didn't move. Didn't acknowledge me. Nothing. And so he's just sitting there. So, I mean, that's kind of scary in itself. But then I look over to my left on the far side of the room and there's Jack and he's got blood on his face. And I'm like, what the F? I was like uh, this at this point. I'm like, what is going on? Like, literally, this is what I'm saying. I said it like seven times. Like, what the F is going on? Was like and I'm calling out to him like, Jack, what? What is like? And he's looking at me like sadistic, like 
And um, he looks at me and he just says one word and he says, oops. And I was, I was just like, and at this point he's not talking in normal Jack voice. He's talking in some sort of raspy, best way I can describe it, snake-like type voice. And so he's like, and he's so disturbing. So he's rubbing the blood that's on his forehead, like all over his face. And just being like, oops, oops, oops. Dude, Tony, man, this is crazy. So I'm, I'm standing there and I'm like, Jack. I was like, and he gets up and he starts walking towards me. I was like, I was like, Jack, please stop. I was like, I was like, what is going on? I was like, at this point in my head, I'm thinking, oh shit, they, they were doing this stupid, like, uh, spice stuff. They let their minds get like, this is what I think would happen. They let their minds get so weak that something that was obviously attached to him was able to take over basically is what happened. And so he, dude, he starts walking towards me. Remember blood on his face, like stammering towards me as if like, it's the first time he's ever walked before. So like stammering towards me and I just keep on backing up. So at this point I'm, I've, I'm not in the entrance of, of the room anymore. I'm like backed up into the living room. I've backed up around the corner into the kitchen and I'm like standing there and I keep on backing. I'm like, stop, stop, please stop. And all of a sudden, faster than anything I've ever seen in my life, he just literally jumps at me, like volts at me. And like he's like he's like trying to like push me onto the ground. And so like literally midair as we're like suspended in the air, somehow by the grace of God, uh, that's what I, it has to be God because it wasn't me because I'm not strong enough. So he comes at me and I, but well, like in air and I somehow turn his body. He was on top, you know, he was coming at me. So he's like on top of me basically as we're going through the air. So I, I base somehow basically flip him around. And so he landed on the ground first and not me. So like he landed on the ground. I landed like on my knees and then like, he's just boom on the ground. And so, at that moment, I'm like he like stopped moving. He didn't get up. Like he was breathing and and but he was like hissing. He was like fucking hissing at me. Sorry to swear, but <laughs> he was hissing at me. So, it, but he was kind of like incapacitated at that point. Okay, so I'm like, okay. So I got up, and I'm like, I gotta check on Tony. Like I gotta see if he's okay. So like I I get up, I leave him. He's not moving. I'm like, good. Hopefully he stays that way. So then I go around the corner, go back into the room. I'm like, Tony, Tony, Tony. And he doesn't respond to me. But as soon as I touched him, like touched his shoulder, he woke up immediately. And he was like dazed and confused. He was like, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, he's like, what, what, what happened? What happened? And, and like, so I'm like, I'm <laughs> at this point, I'm freaked out. And so I'm like, dude, we need to call my, uh, we need to call uh, my uncle. We need to get him over here. This kid's possessed. And like I told him like four times in a row. And he, he was just like, the last thing I remember, I was just sitting there. That's the last thing I remember. I don't remember anything else. And so um, I go back out into the kitchen where uh, Jack's laying still. And he's still making like hissing noises. And now Tony can hear him as well. And so he's like looking at me like, like what is going on? Like WTF, you know what I mean? And so he, you know... Um, and so then I end up calling my dad 
because at this point my dad lived with me and he i was like dad you need to get home now and he's like what, what are you talking about i was like no i was like i told him the whole situation he's like he's like are you serious I was like, Dad, this is like exorcist level stuff here. Like, you need to get here now because I don't know, like, if this is safe or not. You know what I mean? So I, I my dad comes home and at this point he's like, he's starting to like come back to normal sort of, but he's still sort of like in it. So like he's like in the bathroom because we're like, you know, like, you know, clean, clean yourself up, like get, you know, and he drank, he must have drank like seven gallons of water. I've never seen somebody drink so much water in my life. But as he's like cleaning himself off, he he's like he starts like talking to himself in the mirror. He's like he's like, oh, I'm 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 strong. I'm the one that's in control now. You're weak. Da 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 da. Like all this like weird stuff, stuff I did not want to hear. And I'm like, oh my god. I was like, what is going on? So my uncle eventually like comes and and we pray over him and stuff and um. But he, yeah, he still had lingering effects. I remember that night I was on edge because at like, we were like, we were roommates. So, um, we had the, we slept in the same room at that time. And so he, you know, he was making hissing noises at, you know, throughout the night and stuff like that. And, um, definitely, I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think if I left anything out, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, yeah, like firsthand, I, I, I couldn't believe what was happening while it was happening i was just like i i was like is this some am i in a movie could someone please say cut please because i was not prepared for this <laughs> wow man that's oh, incredible uh, where'd the blood come from um oh yeah yeah so when 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 tone uh sorry not tony when jack finally came to i was we were like talking with him it's like what do you remember and he's like i remember you know we were sitting there and then all of a sudden it felt like somebody was beating me up. That's what he said. And, um, but it, it was like by an unseen force kind of thing. Like, the, like, and I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I'd said, like, I heard like things were getting thrown around the room. I heard someone like screaming out in pain kind of deal. And so it, it was, it was Jack that was the one in pain or whatever. So basically this demon entity, dark entity, whatever you want to call it, elemental, I don't care. Um, it was basically from what he describes, like throwing him around the room. And so that's where the blood came from. Like he had cut himself. Um, I don't know if it was his arm. I think it was his arm or his leg, something. He got like thrown into something, cut his, cut himself. And by the time I had walked in, he was, oh, it was, it must've been his, uh, yeah, it was his forehead. It was his forehead. I don't know how he cut his forehead on what, but it was, it was cut. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's intense, man. Dude, yes. Very intense. I've seen people on these drugs, like, I think they call it Flaca or Flaca. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people, it makes them, like, it makes them act demon-possessed. And I I don't know where to draw the line on that stuff. Like, is somebody acting demon-possessed or are they demon-possessed and the drug brought that out of them? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's... I would in, in this particular case, that's what I would lean towards, quite honestly. Um, like it was also weird because at the leading up to that point, um, both of them were watching a lot of like horror movies and stuff. And you may laugh at me, but I'm the type of person like I be, I firmly believe in what you put into your body comes out. And so if you, all you do is watch horror movies or all you do is like listen to depressing music, it's going to make you depressed. If you listen to horror watch horror things it's gonna have an effect on you do you know what i mean so like 
just the same thing with like what you eat has an effect on you or what you listen to, what you see. Like I think all that stuff definitely can play into it. And I'm not saying just because he watched a whole bunch of horror movies that he became demon possessed. I think there was obviously other stuff going on within him as well. Maybe that stuff probably didn't help as well. But um, yeah, because I'm just trying to remember like leading up to that time period that they were watching a lot of horror movies. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got his own issues for sure, though. So when you see him talking to himself in the mirror saying, I'm in mm-hmm. control now, I'm in control now. I mean, was that him talking or was it like... It was not his voice, no. It was that snake-like voice. And was was that before or after the prayer? Before. So, like, because like, uh, my uncle had... He lived, like, oh, God, like half an hour, 35, 40 minutes away. So a lot of... T- like, an hour had passed before he even had gotten there. So, like, by the time he had gotten there... Um, he was like almost pretty much back to normal by that point. So when he was like talking to himself in the mirror, we're talking like no less than half an hour after the, the incident. Cause he was on the ground for a while. Like I would say he was on the ground for like 20 minutes and thank God. Cause, cause by the time, by the time he actually got up, he was like, like I said, he was like starting to like kind of come back. Like he would be himself for like a minute and he would talk normal and then, Boom! There'd be he would say that stuff that I just told you, and um, and so it was almost as if it was like going back and forth kind of thing. Okay, so when you heard, you know, what it sounded like somebody was fighting in the other room, mm. what happened there? Did he beat Tony up? I, I don't think so. I see. Tony didn't have any any bumps or bruises on him. Didn't have any. He's at least you know he didn't say it, like he didn't. He wasn't hurt at all. Like it was almost like it, he was incapacitated, like knocked out, but he he didn't have any pain or anything. Like he didn't get punched or hit. He just had total memory loss. Like he remembered sitting there about probably about the time like I was in the room and I left shortly after that. And then he the next thing he remembered was me waking him up. So I mean, does I, I I'm trying to figure this whole thing out because that's just how I am. Uh, I mean, is it possible? that an entity could have done it like do you think an entity could have like knocked tony out and then started going to town on jack and basically inhabiting his body i think so i think so but i mean because i i mean I, I knew i knew them both fairly well and i i had never seen um tony get knocked out like that or, or just like you know because he had he had smoked the spice stuff before he had never had any weird reactions or or you know didn't pass out or I mean, because it was weird because he was in a totally different position than when I left the room. Like when I re- left the room, they were sitting like next to each other, you know. And then when I get in the room, he's like halfway across the halfway across the room, like face down, like laying down, like half his body laying on the bed and his other half of the body like, you know, knees on the ground, laying on the bed, kind of like that, like knocked out, like just incapacitated. Like I was yelling his name. Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. It was like he was under a spell. I don't know. It was weird, really strange. And like I said, when I got into that room, everything was disheveled. Like the there was a chair there. The chair was like flipped over. A couple things, like maybe a, a table was knocked over. Like there was a few things like out of place. Um, and the way the way Jack described it, he said like it was as if so, it was like somebody was beating him up, but he couldn't see who it was. Kind of deal. 
And so when he describes that, he's talking about in the beginning when this all started happening. Correct. When 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 he the first started happening, and then after that, he didn't remember anything after that. He remembered getting beat up because I had heard him in there, and I had heard his voice like, scre- not like screaming, but being like ah, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like he had been hit or like it, dude. It sounded like they were, like two people were fighting in there. That's what it sounded like. Like two people like beating the living. You know what? Out of each other. That's what it like. It's it sounded like two people fighting. Like uh, when I walked in, I expected them both to be fighting. Do you know what I mean? And then walk in and like um, Tony's just like knocked out, like non-responsive. And then, you know, like I said, Jack was over on the the opposite side of the room, like next to a one of the chairs that had turned over on his knees. Oh, my God. I forgot. I, I'm glad I'm telling this again because I forgot a detail. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. No, he did not. Yes, he did. I'm sorry. I forgot that detail, but yeah. That first time, like when I first walk in the room, I see uh, Jack, um, not Jack, Tony in front of me. I look to my left. I see Jack. He says the oops thing. He's wiping the blood all over him. And then I'm like, I'm like, what the F's going on? What the F's going on? I was like, I was like, you need to, I was like, I can't remember. I think, I think I just was saying that over and over. I was like, what is going on? More distressful as the, like every single time I said it. You know what I mean? And he comes like slithering like over to me. And um, that's then he stood up. And then, you know, that's when he like came after me. So when you, when you say slither, okay, like my first reaction, my first thought that I had in my mind was somebody on the floor trying to slither over to you. Correct. Is that what he did? Yeah. So he wasn't standing there. He was no, no. He was like when I first walked in the room. He was on his knees, and then you know after I was like trying to like being like, "What's going on? What's going on?" He said the "oops" thing, and then he started making his way, and he like slithered over towards me, and then eventually stood up and then started walking towards me afterwards. Wow, that's absurd. Yeah. So like I said, this is like movie stuff. This is like stuff that. Wow, yeah. When he slithered, did it look natural? Mm. Like he, like his spine wasn't like going the opposite way or anything like that, but the way he was moving, it's not a natural human way. Like if I would have taped like, "Hey Tony, why don't you get on the ground right now and you try to slither over to me?" I don't think you could do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That that's or, just... or or make it look the way that it looked to me. Do you know what I mean? It looked like something out of um What's the name of that? I don't know. I'm trying to think of one of those movies. Like the, the Hole? What's that the name? No, I can't remember the name of that movie. But anyway, yeah, movie like any – insert any movie where like you see a possessed person slithering on the ground or something. It was very much like that. Wow. <sighs> yeah. That's incredible, man. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And like I said, that's just main event part A. I got main event part B too. Wow. Before we get into main event part B, let's take a break. And when we come back, I'll let you get into that part B of this. Okay, we're back talking to Phil Anderson, and like I said earlier, Phil is an old college friend of mine, and Phil had just shared with us 
one of the most crazy stories I've ever heard in my life. And uh, Phil, in the break here, we were talking and you said to me that this is actually the same house that you felt a tapping on your shoulder. Is that right? Yeah, that that's correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, the tapping on the shoulder thing, I'm trying to remember timeline wise. Hmm. Tapping on the shoulder was, oh man, it was after this, after, after the, um, possession thing. So do you think it's related? Um, I don't, I think, I think the tapping on the shoulder, I never felt, um, like afraid. Like it, don't get me wrong. It spooked me. Like, you know, somebody's tapping my shoulder. I turn around. There's no one there. Like it spooked me, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was, um, it was evil or bad, um, or negative. It just seemed like someone trying to get my attention and trying to talk to me. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it was a like totally different feeling than the, than the, uh, possession thing like that. That was, that, that was, that was dark. And I could, you know, when you're in the midst of something like that, you can feel like the evil, you know, around you. But uh, with the tapping thing, none of, none of that. It was just a random, I don't know if it's just a, I don't know if it's a ghost or maybe it was an angel. I don't know. I, I, I I'm going to go with that. It was an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. I, like I've never seen it. Like I've had so many of these like negative experiences. Like I always say that I'm like, man, you know, I just, can I just have like one angel like pop by and say hello to me? Like that would be cool. Like I've had all these like horrible negative things I've seen, you know, but I've never seen an angel. That'd be cool. Anyway. Yeah. Just uh, plugging out to God there to send me an angel. That would be cool. That would and be I'll cool. And co- I'll come back on and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. before we go into your part B of the story, uh, I want to ask you a question. Now, I can't remember if I've already aired this interview or if it's an interview that I've recorded, but I haven't aired yet. Okay. But I, d- I remember mentioning during an interview that there was a guy in college that would see angels standing around his roommate. And I think it was Mike. Do you ever remember hearing Mike? I don't want to say his last name, Mike V. Uh, yep. Yep. Talk about something like that. Cause I'm pretty sure he's the one who said it. It sounds now that you've like said it to me, it sounds really familiar. Yeah. Like I remember, I th- I'm just going to say it's Mike because I'm pretty sure it was Mike. But I remember Mike talking about how him he would wake up at night and he looked over his roommate and he would see these people standing around him, and he called it angels. And I, in, my, in my mind, I'm like, "How do you know it was angels?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? He's all groggy. He has he needs glasses. He's like looking over. Oh, angels! <laughs> <laughs> were they in like robes? Were they chanting in robes? <laughs> I want to know. Were they chanting in robes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were a shadow, like were they? Oh no! Because <laughs> the way he described—I can't remember how he described it—but I just remember him saying there was like I think he said four or five people mm. standing around his roommate, and I think he, at the time his roommate was going through a really hard time, and I don't know if that's why he attributed it to angels or what. Yeah, that I feel like I feel like you are right. I feel like this is true, and I, I if it's not Mike, then I think I definitely have heard this before. Like I don't remember who. Well, we gotta do investigative reporting. We'll find out. We're gonna well, figure. I know out. you still talk down. to Mike, so I ask do. Him. I'll ask him. I'll, I'll like text him after we're done and be like, "Hey, did you see angels around somebody in college?" And if he did, tell him he needs to come on the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's got a. Mike's got some stories too, actually, as well. 
Well, then why is he not here? We'll have to get him on. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, the Mog's in a, a, a reclusive creature, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? Let's get into uh, part B here. What do you got yeah. for us? Okay, so this is not a personal story, but it's a family story. And it's um, it takes place in the, the same very town that um, all these other stories have taken place in, besides the one. Um, so this is in the summer of 1982. This is two years before I was born. So um, my mom, who was single at the time, um, she actually met my dad when they were living in this house, um, which is pretty weird. So anyway, so it's my mom, my Uncle Michael, my my Auntie Dottie, um, and they had one kid at the time, my cousin Aaron. Um, yeah, it was just them them three at first, and then they had like um, other roommates that had moved in periodically throughout the time that they lived there. Now, they only lived there one year. And um, how Onset is like set up, um, like I said before, like the spiritualist um, people, they built a lot of cottages and stuff in Onset. So um, in this particular property that they had rented, um, number one, the rent was really, really cheap, which should have been a red flag, number one. Um, so they got like a really good deal on it and they were just like, wow, I can't believe like this is this cheap. Like this is great. There, it was um, – so it was two houses. It was like – in the summertime, they would live in this little cottage, um, and right next door to the cottage um, was the main house, and it was like this big, pretty big house, um, garage, full garage underneath, like it's like half garage, half basement underneath, and then a first and second floor, and then the the little cottage was um, like right next to it, and so um, the people that owned the house, um, they had a lot of money, and they lived. They lived like somewhere else and they would only come down for the summer kind of deal. Like they had money, these people. And so, of course, they like they were trying to rent the cottage for the summer because they would come down for the summer and they would stay in the big house and they'd rent out the cottage. And then when that family went back, I think they lived in Connecticut or something. When they went back to Connecticut, they my mom and Uncle Michael, Auntie Dottie would move into the and they moved into the big house. So anyway, so that's kind of like how it worked. You know, it was like two houses, but they like lived in both of them kind of deal. So anyway, they move in. I think they said it was uh, Memorial Day. Is Memorial Day the the holiday that's in like the beginning of the summer? I can't remember. I always get Labor Day and Memorial Day mixed up. I think it is Memorial Day. Labor Day is in September, I think. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's like Memorial Day around that time period. So they move in. Um, all they had done really was just like – because they all worked that day. Um, so they just br- – set up their beds basically and set up a few things and they just kind of like went to bed. So it's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night, first night in this house, you know, got a great deal on it. Cool. Sweet. Um, so uh, this, this is in the little cottage that they lived in first. So the little cottage, really small place. It's like you walk up the front steps. There's like a short, teeny little porch. You walk in living room, stairs right in front of you, second floor kitchen in the back. That's basically it. Bathroom outside in another building. <laughs> wow. Number one. Yeah. So it was like the it was just so weird. So the bathroom was like outside in like a little shack type thing. I mean, it had like running water, power, and all that stuff. But anyway, I'll come back to the to the bathroom. So, but I just thought it was weird that the bathroom was outside. So the bathroom's outside. So they go to bed. Um, now at the top of the stairs, like if you were to go up the stairs, at the top of the stairs, straight ahead would be my uncle, uncles, and my aunt's aunt's room. And to the right of that would, would have been my mom's room. So they're all going to bed. 
And my uncle's laying there. And it, like I said, it's 1030, 11 o'clock at night. Um, he thinks everyone's in bed. So he's like, okay, you know, all right, just about to go to sleep here. And he's just about to fall asleep and he starts to hear footsteps coming up the stairs. So he's like, oh, that's that's weird. He's like, oh, it must be Vicky. Unbeknownst to my uncle, Michael, Vicky's my mom's name. Um, my mom's thinking the same thing. She hears the steps, too. She's like, oh, must be must be Michael. He must have got up to go to the bathroom. I didn't hear him. You know what I mean? So he's you know, so my uncle Michael's door is open. So he's like he has a perfect view of the stairs. So he's like, you know, he's expecting to see my mom start to pop up and see her and the steps continue and he doesn't see anybody and he's like well that's weird and as soon as he like thinks that like oh that's strange um right next to his bed so like their bed was kind of like in the middle and and then on either side of their bed were like two um big heavy like oak bookcases and so like i said they hadn't had time to set up any crib for my little cousin at the time well she you know, she's like a baby at the time. So they just like took one of the drawers out of the bureau and like put some blankets in there, put her in a be- in the in the drawer. And so he hears these footsteps. They come they come up the stairs. He doesn't see anybody. All of a sudden, the the um, bookshelf next to him inexplicably starts to fall. And like if if so like and it's gonna if it falls, it's gonna fall on his little baby daughter. Who's just a little, you know, in in a little drawer that's on the ground right next to the bed. So it's gonna like literally fall on her. So he like jumps up and catches the bookcase, and it's really heavy. And as soon as he catches it, he hears the footsteps run back down the stairs. And of course, he didn't see anything. There's nothing there. And so he's like, and at this point, my auntie auntie Dottie's awake. She gets out of bed, it's like trying to help him. And it took three of them to push this. I mean, it's like oak, so it's like solid hardwood, so it's heavy. So it took three of them to like put it back, and um, so that was like the first experience they had in the house. Um, yeah, something tried to hurt my cousin. Wow, first night. So yeah. I mean, two people hear the footsteps, yep. and then he sees that now this this bookshelf did it just like kind of, like you said, inexplicably fall, or did it like shake and then fall? Do you know? I, I th- he just said it just it just like literally just fell like as someone just pushed it over. Wow, I mean, because I know like there's some people that would want to say, well, maybe the footsteps was the house settling and somehow maybe the floor was uneven and it fell. Like they, they try to find any explanation, yeah, sure. you know. Uh, yeah. But I mean, when you have two people both are saying they hear footsteps, it's kind of hard to to write that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and. um especially when we st- well, we start getting into more and more like this is night one this is like the first night they're right. there <laughs> so like it's just like oh no and so um the next thing that had happened shortly after they had moved in um my auntie Dottie is um they're do it's laundry day so they're like throwing laundry down the down the stairs from the second floor to the hamper at the bottom of the stairs and so they're gathering up laundry so my auntie Dottie they're all they're all set. They're all done. So they're like, all right. So they're about to walk downstairs. She she doesn't even make it one step down down the stairs. And like her from what Uncle Michael says, because he was behind her, her feet went straight up into the air and she just like fell down the stairs. And according to her, it, she's like, it felt like I was pushed. 
And so she falls down the stairs. My uncle Michael's like, oh, my God. And so he tries to go after her, does the same thing. And, of course, I, I will say there was no laundry on the stairs. Like, there was nothing that they could have slipped on. My uncle Michael said that he was pushed. I believe him. And so he like, and so they basically they land. Uh, there was like a little landing, like halfway down the stairs. So there's like step, step, steps, little landing, and then the rest of the steps kind of deal. So like, she had like fell down the stairs, and like he had just didn't hit any of the stairs, just went right down <clears throat> and fell. Luckily, it was laundry day, and so they landed in the clothes pile. <laughs> so <laughs> it ended up being like not too bad, but um. My auntie Dottie was like worried. She's like, well, you know, I should – she's like, I don't feel so good. I should get – you know. So the, she went to the hospital. That day she had found out she was pregnant with um, my two cousins. They were twins. Wow. Talk yep. about connecting dots there now. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I mean I, I, don't want, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But the very first thing I'm thinking is the first story, it knocks a bookshelf trying to knock over – hit a kid, a baby. Mm-hmm. And now yep. she's pregnant and she gets knocked down the stairs. Yep. I mean, yep. to, to me, it sounds like this thing has something against babies. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I'm going to jump to the to something that ties right into that since okay. we're talking about babies. So um, back in the 80s and the 70s, they had these things called like toy parties or like um, like Tupperware. You know what I mean? People would like get go to people's houses. They'd like have stuff to sell sure. or whatever. And like, you know, like that was a thing people did back in the 80s and stuff. So they had this like toy party they called it which is just like basically not like sex toys but it was like like <laughs> i don't know like soup ladles and whatever you know what i mean tupperware stuff like yeah. i don't know stuff like that so they're gonna have this whole thing it's it's getting towards the end of summer and so um a whole whole bunch of people are like coming over the house and so they're like unloading stuff out of my great uncle's car because he was the one that was running it and stuff so and then all of a sudden, they start hearing what sounds like a baby crying. And now this is like the end of summer. So in 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 onset, especially in this area, there's a lot of summer houses. Like I said, a lot of cottages and stuff. And at this time, there was a lot of people that didn't live there full year round. So, I mean, we're talking the neighborhood's pretty empty at this point. Like, there's a few people around that live there year-round like they did, but not that many. Not as many as, like, peak summertime. Peak summertime, the whole neighborhood would have been full. So this is, like, end of summer, winding down. They start hearing a baby cry. And so they're like, oh, man, they're like, oh, did you hear that? That sounds like a baby. And multiple people hear it. And so they're like, oh, it sounds like it's coming from across the street. They leave the yard to go across the street. They don't hear it anymore, which is weird. And so anyway, I'm I'm fast forward to like 2015. I'm telling the story to my other aunt on the other side of the family, my dad's side of the family. Come to find out, guess what? They lived in that neighborhood as well when they were kids. And apparently there was a baby that had uh, passed away. in in that area tragically or something like that. See, I don't know if it's a, um, if it's a, if it's a, um, residual type thing like because it was a tragic event and it's like a tape recorder playing itself over and over at certain times of the year or whatever or if this was an actual entity or or whatever but um they would hear the same thing baby crying they would call the cops hey there's a baby in this house across the street there's no one in the house those people just left today like can you check it out the cops would go over there by the time they got there 
no baby crying. They wouldn't find anything, nothing. And so they did the same thing, you know, because they're like, we hear a baby over there. And I know these people just left today, but I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe someone abandoned a baby, like who knows? So they called the cops. By the time the cops got there, they didn't find anything, nothing. Um, which makes that story like really validated because it's like over, we're talking over 20 year period, two different people, two different years, 20 years apart hear the same thing, you know, a baby crying, which was sometimes also accompanied by a woman crying. Like it would be like baby crying, a woman like sobbing, like that, that's what makes me think it might be a residual type thing where it's like, um, just a horrible memory that imprinted in that area. Um, like of, you know, maybe a mother lost her child and it's like, you know, I don't know, but, um, that, that's one of the, uh, one of the weird things, but to make it even weirder towards the end of summer, like I said, everyone's left primarily all of a sudden, um, my aunt Anne's on the back porch and actually it's the front porch screened in, thank God. And so, um, all of a sudden this, what they described to me as a gypsy woman, like dressed in traditional gypsy stuff, like old school, like black dress. Like, um, I'm trying to think of a movie that could best describe, like when you think of a gypsy in a cartoon, like that's what it looked like. That's what she looked like. You know what I mean? But all in black, like black veil, all in black. She comes and they had never seen this woman ever before. Never saw her after that ever again. She comes walking up to the house randomly and her for uncle said her her voice was like um really strange like crackly like the best way he described it to me he's like she kind of sounded like the wicked witch from the west like that kind of a voice okay and like crackling laughing um and this is where the story gets weird so she doesn't say anything to them just as like crackling laughing tries to open the screen door and my auntie daughter's like excuse me what are you like what are you doing like what do you want and she's like i want to come into your house and she's like no and at this point my she's like my she's like michael <laughs> michael michael comes to the door and he looks at this woman and her eyes are black like jet black solid black kind of like black eyed kids if you ever any stories yeah, like that's that. exactly what I was just thinking. And this, that's because I, when I um, was asking him about this, I asked what her eye color was because I was thinking about black-eyed kids. I was like, I wonder if there's any connection. And he was like, yeah, her, her eyes were completely black. And so she like took two steps backwards, went to the left, kept on walking. And my uncle was like, Oh, she no. She went. She went around to like the back, or was gonna was walking towards the back of the house, and so he's like, "Oh no, no, no!" So he like walks around and either tries to see her through a window or goes around the house and looks, nowhere to be found, gone. Like when he went out, he should have saw her because she wasn't walking very fast. It's an old lady. Like he should he should have seen her at the very least walking away. It's like as if she disappeared. Wow. Um. That's- yeah. I mean, that's the very first thing when you said the black eye. Now, before you even said that she had black eyes, when you said that she went up to the door and was pulling on, and your your aunt is your aunt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, "What do you want?" And she's like, "I want to come in." Yeah. And your aunt said, "No." But as soon as you said that, I was like, 
that sounds just like the Black Eyed Kids. Yeah, where they yeah. Ask, they asked to come in, mm-hmm. and you have to say no because if you let them in, who knows what happens, you know? And exactly. uh, then you say that her eyes are black. I wonder if it's anything related. I I think so, man. I think so. I I, I think it's definitely negative. It's not good. I know that. Just based on what the way they were describing her, I mean, it was just that she like popped out of a different time period from what they described. Yeah, like the way she was dressed, like very like I hate to say it, eighteen forties, you know, eighteen like you know, like eighteen hundreds ish. So that you know? long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. That's that's the way they just they described her, like like old classic gypsy that you would see like in a it depicted in a movie if, if they do, you know. Yeah, just really weird. Um, and that it doesn't get it gets weirder and weirder. I got more with this house. So, anyway, remember how I said the bathroom was outside? Yeah. Okay. So on multiple occasions, for whatever reason, you could only lock the bathroom from the inside. Um, and there was like a little gap on the bottom of the of the bathroom door. Um, so, I mean, somebody could have like crawled in there and locked it from the inside and crawled back out, but who would ever do that? So anyway, this would happen a lot where like they, someone would go to use the bathroom. Guess what? It's locked. So on the, on one of these occasions it was locked and it was my uncle. He goes up to it. It's locked. The lights on inside. And he's like, why? He's like, really? And then all of a sudden he hears the toilet flush. Right. He's, he's like, he's like, is anybody in there? And, you know, of course, he's like, he looks underneath. There's no, you know, no feet. and There's no one in there at all. So um, one of the other roommates, like, crawled in, unlocked it and stuff. And But, yeah, the bathroom was locked from the inside, and then it flushed. Wow. As if the ghost is going to the bathroom? There's, like, I don't understand that. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on around there. Dude, Holy cow. dude, it, this, how, this place, I'm telling you, it's this. I, st- I got more. Um, so all another thing. Uh, yeah, we're still in the cottage. Yeah, we're still in the cottage too. Um, yeah, okay. That might, that might be it for the cottage. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> okay. Check those notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm checking the notes now. So anyway, um, like I said, they had rented it from a family. It was a husband and wife, and from what they said to me, the wife was really nice, really nice lady. The husband was quiet, reserved, but he was nice enough. Their son. On the other hand, was a total different, totally different. So, from what they described to me, because they used to come, like I said, they used to come down for the summer. And one of the first things they noticed about not only their family, but over, they had a cat. And <laughs> I feel so horrible about this, but the cat's eyes were gone. Like the cat had no eyes, or at least had one plucked out, or whatever didn't have eyes anyway that's gonna come that's gonna be relevant towards the end of the story you'll know why okay so they're they're out in the backyard they're hanging out maybe barbecuing i'm not sure what they were doing and they can all of a sudden they hear the the little kid next door and he's he's a young kid i don't know how old he was maybe um not a teen not old enough to be a teenager so grade school kid and they hear him well they hear stuff back there and they're like what is going on back there because what they hear is like three different voices going on three entirely different you know voices you know weird so three different voices are going on 
they then they look over there and it's just that kid, their son or whatever. And he's and he used to always have seizures and all and have a bunch of issues and and so um uh one of yeah just yeah like I said multiple different vo- um voices would go into like screaming fits and stuff like that and um like not natural voices much like what I described in um my my story that I had uh, from what they told me it was like there this isn't normal noises any child should be making you know what i mean yeah like um dark raspy a male voices that a kid probably couldn't make most likely i mean maybe if they were trying hard enough but not not no, the, the kid was not normal put it that way so they they pretty much speculated that the kid was possessed um which I I tend to believe just based on what you know the description of the kid and and how he had you know just all kinds of issues and and the either that or he had multiple personality disorder one or the other but um I I tend to think it was more of the demon possession on to be honest with you just based on the house and the paranormal activity and stuff that went on there um sure. so anyway fast forward um I told you about the old woman moaning and stuff right and the the baby. Baby crying. I don't uh, think you mentioned the old woman. Okay, yeah. So it was, it was, it would accompany. Sometimes it would just be the baby crying, and then other times it would, you would hear the baby crying, but then you would also hear a woman moaning. Oh yeah, okay. Crying or at, like in agony or in torment over something that has happened to her or something. Like just you know, I can only imagine what it sounded like. But you know, a, a woman moaning like that was in some. Uh, emotional distress, extreme emotional distress. Okay. Um, and like I said, they leave the yard and they wouldn't hear it. You know what I mean? Which is blows my mind. I don't understand how that works because it, if it's a real sound, if it's somebody, it the sound's not going to just stop once you leave the yard or go across the street. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone's like moaning like that or in pain you're gonna like and they're that loud you're gonna hear them across the street you're gonna hear them down the street especially at this time of year when the neighborhood's really quiet because a lot of people have left well in that situation i mean off the top of my head i'm thinking of two circumstances that there could be playing out here one that there is an intelligent entity that is moaning and sees them leaving the yard and stops every time they leave intentionally for whatever mm-hmm. what for whatever reason or yep. this is more trippy something is projecting sound into people's heads <laughs> that either way it's really <laughs> <laughs> i hope it's not that one but it could right? <laughs> you know what i mean oh yikes so this is where the story is going to get interesting cuz we're going to get into some cryptids here and i know you like cryptids awesome so my uncle it's my uncle my dad who's now dating my mom at this time. Um, they're driving, going to the house or leaving the house. One or the other, doesn't matter. So they're driving. All of a sudden, something like jumps out in front of the car. And at first, my uncle Michael's like, oh my God, it's a, it's like a person. And, and he like, he's like, oh my God, it hit, it hit someone. Like, it, like it was that close. Like he thought he was going to hit, it, he thought he was going to hit someone. And then he turns around and, He's from what he saw, he sees this short, no higher than three foot tall imp 
like creature that walked on two legs. Um, best the way I could describe it, it would be like um, in Ireland they have like tales of, of of creatures like this. They're called elementals out there. Yeah. So that's like the that's the word I'm going to use. I don't know what they were, but he said um, he described it as um, hairy, like completely covered in hair, um, short and like monkey like kind of monkey imp like looking like which is really disturbing um so like yeah he they see this thing and you know of course the way that it jumped in front of the car he they should have hit it but n- nothing happened they just like literally drove through it they turn around nothing's there kind of deal um Fast forward, they move into the into the big house because uh, summer's ending, and so there's no heat in the cottage, so they have to move to the main house. the The owners of the of the house have gone back to wherever they're from. Um, and so, <laughs> first night they're in the big house. Um, at two two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, the witching hour. They hear stuff moving around downstairs, like furniture. In the middle of the night. And so my uncle wakes up and he's like, who in the hell is up right now rearranging the living room? Like, are you serious? (laughs) Like, you know, that's what his first thought was. Like, who, like, maybe someone couldn't sleep and they're kind of like, you know, moving stuff around. And so, um, of course, like, he gets up and, like, goes to the top of the stairs hearing all this movement. And by the time, like, he's, like, to the top of the stairs, everyone else in the house is kind of, like, up and, like, What's going on? And so by the time they walk down the stairs, everything stops moving. They get to the bottom of the stairs, um, and there's a rocking chair like right in the middle of the stairs, um, like at the bottom of the stairs, like in in the middle of the stair the stairway. That's creepy. And, yeah, and so like this would happen a lot. Like they were just like they'd go to bed, two or three o'clock in the morning, furniture moving around. So my dad, being the slick guy that he is, he's like, you know what? Why don't we just leave the furniture where they put it and see if it happens? <laughs> <laughs> and we they did. They left it there and it didn't happen nearly as often. Really? Yeah, which is weird. So it wanted the furniture in certain places. In certain places, yeah. I don't know. But I feel like this house has multiple things in it. Like there's definitely like negative stuff, but there also could be, like I said, it was the spiritualists. So they could have, you know, it could be a real ghost too. There could be ghosts there too. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just telling you what they told me. So like that was one of the things that would happen. Um, another thing that would happen in the middle of the night, um, like they would have the uh, this heater and it would always, never failed, at least three to four times a week in the middle of the winter, it would trip in the middle of the night. Like for no reason, they would they always have it checked out. Nothing was wrong with the heating system. It shouldn't do that. Like it, it it went out as if someone blew the pilot out. Basically, that it was like one of those old style furnaces. Yeah. So all you had to do was just like push a button, and then it would pop back on. Basically. So this happened all the time. And then they have they have people like come over and check it out. Like like I said, nothing wrong with the furnace inexplicable reason why it shouldn't do that in the middle of the night you know what i mean but that would happen a lot um and then i think i'm gonna i think this is towards the end now okay so we're gonna we're gonna wind down towards the end of the story now okay <laughs> so 
they spent a whole year in this place and they're like, no, we're done. Like we can't, we can't live here anymore. So they like, they start cleaning up and it's like the last night that that, that they're there. Like I said, two, three o'clock in the morning, last night they're there. Everything's pretty much like a lot of stuff's already moved out. I think they still, they still have their beds there obviously and a few other things. Um, and you know, you know, those attics where, it's like um, it's not the ones you pull down. It's like a little square, and you push the little square, and then you have to like literally hop into it to get in there. Like there's no stairs, kind of deal. It was one of those, and so my uncle hears like it open, or like hears like rustling or movement over there. Like, and he's like, "What is going on?" And and this was at the um, like right in front of his doorway was the attic thing, and so he's hears this and he's like what and all of a sudden down from the attic jumps down this imp like creature that he had saw in the street no way yep that very same one in the, the house same, in the house oh my gosh yeah last night that that there that they were they were there um spoiler alert they left right then and there like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were done um <laughs> yeah, but yeah, same creature, same exact creature, um, and everything. Um, but I do have a sad part of the story. I have to tell it because it's true and it's what happened. So they, like I said, after this happened, after this impolite creature jumps down from the attic and like disappears in front of his eyes, he's like, "Nope, we're leaving now." It's like four o'clock in the morning. They like they pack up some stuff, as much stuff as they can take, and they're like, "All right, we'll come back tomorrow morning, like whenever you know." seven o'clock eight o'clock in the morning we'll clean the rest of the house up and then we'll we'll just get out of here you know because during the day not a lot of stuff would happen it was at night mostly that stuff would happen so my uncle and my aunt had this cat and they unfortunately left the cat in the house and so when they had arrived the next morning as soon as they opened the door this poor cat came running like as fast like it was going crazy and both of the cat's poor eyes were gouged out. That's how the cat lost its eyes? No, this is a different cat. This is their cat. I was talking about um the neighbor's cat. Oh. So like so like this is like their cat. Like when they had left at four o'clock in the morning, the cat was fine. No, you know, their eyes were fine, the cat was normal. They get back the next day the, oh actually just a few hours later, because it was like eight o'clock in the morning, so four hours later. Four hours later they get back. The cat's freaking out. Like it, they open the door. The cat's like running around as fast as it can. Like it won't come near them. And they look at it, and both of the the cat's eyes are gouged out. And um, before they could like get the cat or even like try to like stop it, the cat just like took off, took off on him and ran away. Never saw the cat again. So that was their cat. Yeah. It loses its eyes, runs out of the house. They never saw it again. Correct. Yep. That's so sad. It is. It is. I know. I hate to leave it on such a downer. Wow. But, <laughs> but the, at the yeah. same time, like, yeah, it's sad, but. Like, that's evil, man. Yeah. That's, and and that's so evilness. The other cat that had missing eyes. I mean, can we safely say that it probably came from the same thing? Yeah, I think so. Probably that impolite creature, if my guess. My guess. That's insane. Yeah. All right. So yeah. this impolite creature, like, was it mm-hmm. covered in hair? Yes, that's what he said. He said it was covered in hair. 
Wow. Short too, very short. Not like not like a Bigfoot. Because I asked him, I was like, "Is like covered in hair?" I was like, "You mean like a Bigfoot?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no. Like short, like three foot at the most." There's these. Um, oh, I'm trying to blank, but there's these smaller creatures people say they see. That's like a Bigfoot, only smaller. Hmm. And uh, I've never heard of it being in the house, but I've like, seen uh, I've seen casts like people. I've show, have been shown casts of these little tiny footprints that people find out in the middle of the nowhere. woods. Yeah, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you know, like, wow, in the yeah, attic. Well, the, in the attic. Well, and here's another thing, dude. It disappeared, too. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Just thinking that. Like, this you know was what I mean? So, like, this paranormal. isn't like an, like, yeah, yeah, this is parent. Like, this thing had paranormal abilities. Like, like this wasn't just like, some random ape that escaped from the zoo or something or, or some sort of unknown species. I mean, if it is, it has paranormal abilities and that might be the first time besides maybe Bigfoot that has paranormal abilities. But right. I mean, nothing like that. I've never heard anything like this before um, where it, ha- it just disappeared like that. And it, it did it twice. Did so. he say that maybe, how did it move? Did it, did it move like a, a person would move or did it kind of like, I don't know. Like, did he describe how it's, characteristics it, were and how it moved it moved um i i'm pretty sure he said it, it walked on it walked on twos it didn't walk on fours um wow you know I, I have to ask him about that i did like um i did sit down and like kind of like ask him asked him a bunch of questions i'll send you the sound clip and maybe he describes it in there if he doesn't i'll ask him and that like like i said mo- majority of the stories i told you besides one all happened in this little little town Onset, Massachusetts. Spiritualist uh, safe haven. <laughs> That's incredible. Which, which I think is the reason why there's so much paranormal activity there. Like I said, you know, the, like who knows what people opened up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this was their vacation spot. You know what I mean? So like they were doing a lot of stuff here. And like Native Americans used to live here as well back in the day. So who knows? Like, I can only imagine. That's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing. When you and you did a good job with painting the background of the town and letting us know that th- this town has a history behind mm-hmm. it, and there's a reason why these things happen everywhere, uh, and things are connected. Like just the cats. Like that was yep. that. That's a there's a connection there. You know, the fact that your uncle saw this thing in the car and then in the house. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's just things are connected. And yep. wow, 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 wow. Oh, and then, then all like all that, that whole story has connections. Like the baby crying, like my, my, both of my aunts heard it. My aunt, they used to live there when they were kids and they heard that. So we're talking like the fifties, sixties, they heard that. And then fast forward to 82 and they're hearing the same thing. Yeah. Like that's validation. You and, know what I mean? Like something's going on, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Multiple people saw these things. Multiple people heard these things and experienced these things all at the same time. It's not like I experienced something, I tell you about it, then tomorrow you come and say, hey, that happened to me too. Like these people are experiencing these things all at the same time. And mm-hmm. uh, that that's just amazing. I, oh man, that's just incredible. Phil, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this stuff tonight, man. Really yeah, do. not a problem, man. Anytime, anytime. Um, it was always always good to hang out with you. And I, I did want to get these kind of stories out because I never actually had told um, 
like my personal stories, like I, I like here and there, like the tapping I've told many different people, like, but the possession stuff, like, you know, that's just not something you like to bring up, you know, cause some people tell the wrong person, they think you might be crazy. Do you know what I mean? You Absolutely. know, some people are. So like, it's not something I like to talk about. And I will say, I mean, I meant to say this in the beginning, but, um, do you know, like I, I like to share these stories to try to make other people, people feel good. A little bit better if they have experienced something like this as well, that they're not crazy. And, uh, you know, um, but also I want to say that I'm not glorifying this in any way whatsoever. Like all like a lot, a lot of the stuff I've seen personally has been evil and stuff, and I'm not promoting that. I promote the opposite of that, but I just want to get it out there so other people know, you know, you're not crazy, you know. Like this kind of stuff does happen. Spiritual warfare is real. Demons are real. Angels are real. And whether you believe them or not, you know, they're there and they believe in you. Yeah. And you know what I mean? that's absolutely right, man. Like, that's what this whole show is about. The whole show is about people feeling comfortable coming forward to share what they've experienced so other people can feel comfortable coming forward and sharing what they've experienced, you know? It's like yeah, the absolutely. ripple effect. And uh, that's why I called the show what I call it, you know, like just people come forward and share what you saw and get it off your chest. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of times that people can just from talking about it, able to move on and just, you know, carry on in life. And I don't know, because it hampers them uh, throughout their life. But yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me. Um, if you want to hear Tony on our old podcast, um, I will tweet out a link or something, and um, so you guys can check that out. What's your um, Twitter handle? Twitter handle's at Sneeling. It's S-N-E-A-L-I-N-G, Sneeling. CanadianDutchBoys.com. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Thanks for being Absolutely. here. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash the confessionals if you'd like to support the show. And also check out Phil's show, the Sneelin' and Dealin' podcast. He misspelled it actually on the show. It's actually the Sneelin', S-N-E-A-L-I-N, and Dealin', D-E-A-L-I-N podcast. So the Sneelin' and Dealin' podcast. Check it out. It's on iTunes, Podbean, and I'm sure it's on other playing platforms. Uh, and I was also actually a guest on his show twice. He has two different shows, and I was a guest on each of them. If you want to listen to those episodes, go to confessionalspodcast.com, and it will be in the description of this show. So go ahead and check that out. And also, he sent me some audio that he did with an interview with his family. That will also be on the website. So check out all that extra content for you guys. It's well over five hours of listening material. I hope you guys enjoy it. Take care, and I will see you next week right here in 2018 on The Confessionals. I'll see you next Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
And I also forgot to tell you guys, I want to let you know that this week's outro music is actually a compilation of this year, 2017's biggest songs. It has over 130 songs mashed up together in just under 10 minutes. So I really hope you guys enjoy that. Have a great New Year's Eve. Stay safe. And I will see you next Saturday in 2018 right here on The Confessionals. Take care.